Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Kim, and I hope you're having a fabulous day today. If you are interested in true crime stories like I am, thanks for being here. This is a tragic one. This will drive a fire inside of you in ways more than one. A small child, innocent and pure, abused and neglected and slowly and brutally murdered. This is the story of James Cruz, a boy of only four from Albuquerque, New Mexico a boy who deserved much better than the cards that were dealt. All those accountable in this child's pain and suffering should be dealt with in the highest degree. Albuquerque police body cam showed James' four-year-old boy at an urgent care back in October of 2019. The little boy's arm was wrapped up in bandages and investigators surrounded him, taking pictures of markings and bruises, all over his body, including his private parts. And two months after that, James Dunkley Cruz was found dead. The child was beaten to death by his mother's adult male roommate. In the body cam footage with the police officer, we can see that sweet, innocent child make conversation with the police officer. It's sad to see that despite the condition he was in, he seemed cheerful. James was the most sweetest little boy. What brought him to urgent care in the first place, you ask? Well, in October 2019, he was brought in by his mother because he said his arm was hurting. But things looked suspicious, and even more so when James told one of his doctors about his genitals being bruised. That's when CYFD and APD were called and this sparked a thorough exam. And what they found was truly sickening. This four-year-old child was covered with bruises. He had a black eye, a cut on his face, and a swollen hand along with an arm injury. He was also found to still be in a diaper at four years old. If this doesn't scream abuse and neglect, I don't know what does. Besides that, James also told them that his mother's ex-boyfriend, Arturo, would shower with him. And when he was asked if he touched him down there, he would say, yes, he did. James's mother, Christy Cruz, was the least bit concerned about these findings. She would come up with some excuse after excuse. She would say that her son's injuries came from a fall in the park and told the police she had no idea that her ex-boyfriend Arturo was sexually abusing her son. I don't know why she would question it. I mean, it's normal for a grown man to want to shower with a little boy that he's not even the father to. I mean, why would she question that? But James and his mother's living situation was different now. At this moment, they were living with Krista's friend, Pamela Esparza and her boyfriend, Zurich Marquez, in a apartment near the fairgrounds. It was not out of the ordinary for the couple to babysit James repeatedly, regularly. So that's when they were called into question, this couple, the roommates. When Pamela shows up to the urgent care, she has her own theory about the child's bruises, James's bruises. Can you take a guess? My two-year-old was a very cute little girl. Very mean. She blames it on her own two-year-old daughter, who she says is very mean. 
a toddler causing black eyes in my eyes is unheard of and unlikely. The New Mexico Child Youth and Family Department was already familiar with James's mother, Krista Cruz, for years before this incident had occurred. She herself had been a ward of the state after being a victim of physical abuse, neglect, excessive discipline, and education um, at her own house. In fact, Krista was still in foster care at the age of 17 when she had her second son, James. You heard that correct. She was 17 when she had James and he was her second child. So where was her firstborn child? Krista happened to lose custody of her firstborn son in 2014. The child was lucky enough to have a caring paternal side of the family who filed a civil action lawsuit alleging that Krista was an unfit parent and were able to provide enough information to be able to take the child from Krista. What is alarming that even though she lost custody of her first child, she was still allowed to keep custody of James. I don't get that, but anyways, it's not as if she wasn't raising any red flags, she was. The CYFD had received three separate reports of abuse for the neglected child before he was even seven months old. It wasn't even uncommon for James at the age of three to be seen wandering off alone in the middle of the night outside of the apartment in which he and his mother lived in at the time. One time he was even found huddled under the stairs at the apartment complex, clutching two teddy bears in his arms. Why wasn't anything done? Cases involving sweet and innocent children are just incredibly heartbreaking. Makes you wanna go back in time and help them when no one else did. This case is especially frustrating because all the signs were there, but no one stepped in. No one came to help James. James was often seen wandering around the neighborhood begging for food. A three or four year old child doing this, it's alarming. A neighbor reported this behavior to authorities and soon after the police and the CYFD showed up to Krista's apartment. And when they arrived, they arrived to the stench of feces and cat urine. The odor was so disgusting that a CYFD officer had to step out to throw up. That's how bad it was. Then they would see James was living in his room, which was barricaded by animal gates with animal waste smeared all over the walls. They also found that young James had a coin-sized bruise on the right side of his face. When talking to James, James told them that sometimes his mother didn't feed him. In the months before his death, the police were aware that James was physically and sexually abused. The kid told them himself. He also told them that he slept in a closet at his home at his mother's house that he called Miss Krista. What's more is that James reported that three different men were abusing him. Three men. Two of those were Krista's ex-boyfriends and one was the man she moved in with. It's just shocking the abuse was reported so many times. It was so plainly obvious that the boy needed help. 
Even six months before the incident, CYFD had gotten another report that James had bruises on his back and on his legs. And at the age of three, he hadn't yet been potty trained. Even at the age of four, at the urgent care, he was found in diapers, still untrained. This wasn't a case of late development. This was neglect and abuse in James's case. When asked where the bruises came from, James was full of anger and disclosed that while he was in his mother's care, he was hit with a shoe. The very mention of his own mother's name upset James so much. Krista claimed that a boyfriend of hers would spank James on multiple occasions and that she'd have to be the one to pull him away. She's telling the caseworker this. The summer of 2019 was probably the best time of James's short life. Likely it was the only time he was ever properly taken care of and in a welcoming home. He spent a short period of blissful time with his aunt and his grandfather in their home as they waited for Krista uh, to form some safety plan because she had been homeless at the time. James's grandfather said that he was the happiest he had ever been, but when he first arrived, he smelled of urine and was dressed in rags. He loved living with his grandfather, so much so that when Krista eventually came back to get him, James begged her to let him stay. She should have. Even the grandfather grew strongly attached to James and didn't want his daughter to take him away. He insisted that James stay. What was the problem? She was clearly not fit to take him and she didn't even seem like she even cared for him. I'm not being mean here, I, I'm not. It's just how her actions were towards James. But then CYFD intervened and forces James's grandfather to let James go be with his mother. I always want to give CPS, or in this case CYFD departments, the benefit of the doubt because I believe they want to do more good than harm in most cases. But in this one, I am not sure what the thought process was. It was in September of 2019 when Krista was evicted from her apartment and moved in with the couple, Zarek Marquez and Pamela Esparza. CYFD was not informed, of course they wouldn't be. They attempted four times to find where the two had relocated to, but then after that, the case was closed. I will never understand this logic or why this is a regular thing. It's not closed. James and many other kids are still in danger, as we will see in this case and many other cases. A month later in October was when James was rushed to the urgent care and reported his horrifying accounts of abuse by the three men. One, as we know, was her ex-boyfriend, Arturo. The other was a man she moved in with, Zurek Marquez. Just as a reminder, this is not her boyfriend. He was Pamela's boyfriend. A caseworker named Jessica was the only one to ever visit the home. She begged her department at CYFD not to send James back to the home with Krista, the home where James himself reported he was being abused. Jessica was asked by CYFD to, quote, calm down, unquote, 
because they would send James back to the home with a, quote, safety plan, unquote. The audacity to tell the caseworker to calm down, it's unbelievable because she's trying to do her job and she's trying to tell them that the kid is in danger, they tell her just to calm down. How desensitized do you become? They indirectly sent James back to the house where James would be further abused. Krista was told that she could no longer live with the couple and was assigned to stay at a shelter, the Joy Junction shelter with her son. James, who would be provided daycare for at Kids Castle until a housing arrangement could be made for them made available. Well, you can guess what happened next. The nice caseworker who was told to calm down persistently attempted to contact Krista to find the whereabouts of her and her son, because guess what? They were no longer at the shelter. Shocker. Krista would say that she's at her sister's place or that they are in Arizona living with her aunt. When Jessica attempted to contact this aunt, a relative informed her that Krista and James had never left New Mexico. Krista had secretly moved back in with that couple, Pamela and Zurich, who James said was abusing him. Jessica, the caseworker, even attempted to find them there, but when she arrived, no one would answer the door. Jessica really was trying here. As much as her department was working against her, she did not give up. That brings us to December 10th, 2019. Krista headed for work, leaving her four-year-old son behind to his known abusers, she walked out the door to leave her defenseless son at the hands of monsters. I, I just have to imagine this in my head of her just saying, oh well, girls gotta work. So to no surprise, later that evening, Zurich Marquez, just after 10 p.m. that night, dialed 911, informing them of James. 911 emergency. The officers were soon at the residence. In the apartment, they found that James was not breathing and unresponsive. The first responders then rushed to help him and perform CPR on James's lifeless body. Zurich informed rescue personnel that. <laughs> As they do their job, Zurich asked the responders to um, just ignore those that burn on James's ears because, you know, it was electrical burn and, you know, that happened, you know, with another incident. How many incidents were there? Zurich told the police that he accidentally fell on James as he was reaching for underwear in his drawer and somehow landed on him knees first. He said that afterwards, James started panting and then took a few steps back, collapsed, and then hit his head. James Dunkley was transported to University of New Mexico Hospital where at 10.44 p.m. at the age of four, James Dunkley Cruz would succumb to his injuries. Later, an autopsy result revealed multiple injuries. That burn on his ear that Zurich so wanted them to ignore was the least 
of James's trouble. These included a skull fracture, lacerated internal organs, left front and back hip bruising on the left rib, right cheek, right thigh, right bicep, shoulders and feet, head to toe, head to toe. He also had a bloody lip. There was also a bloody upper ear abrasion. The visible injuries were inconsistent with Zurich's initial statement. There was also evidence found of long-term abuse. The autopsy revealed the cause of death was blunt force uh, to his head and to his torso, and the manner of death was ruled as a homicide. Later, investigations went on and they checked text messages and they were discovered between Zurich and Pamela, the two, the couple. The text messages showed that the couple discussed beating James and lying to his mother about a severe bruise on her son's leg. During this time, they were in touch with two other children in the home. One of the kids made several revelations about Zurich hurting James. So not only the adults, but a kid. Jessica, the caseworker who relentlessly tried to get help for James, had actually quit the days following James's murder. She had become so frustrated about things and how they were run at CYFD that she couldn't take it anymore. Jessica said that her supervisors asked her about the whereabouts of her notes regarding this case. She told them that she hadn't yet formally submitted them into CYFD's information system, but they were present on her work computer. Then comes the shocking part. She was asked to provide her supervisors copies of these notes and asked to edit out and add certain things to them before formally updating them into the system. Jessica claims that after her work phones and computer were turned in, the supervisors performed a factory reset on both of these devices and all the original notes and the text message evidence was gone forever. James's grandfather, who fought to have his grandson live in the home, is now suing CYFD for its misconduct and handling of James's case. The lawsuit not only seeks monetary compensation, but it also seeks that new policies be made. He also wanted CYFD investigators to be trained to address repeated failures present within the case. Zarek's apartment and phones were searched. APD interviewed all the adults who were present at the time of the death, as well as work colleagues, family, and friends. Zurich was arrested for the death of James on February 18, 2020. The case was turned over to Bernito County District Attorney's Office for investigation and then eventually prosecution. Zurich was charged with intentional child abuse on December 10th, 2019, resulting in death. Krista and Pamela were charged with reckless child abuse, resulting in death on December 13th, 2021. They haven't went to trial yet, so it's alleged as of right now. The monster, Zurich, pled guilty and was sentenced to life in prison for the murder of James. And I have to say, if the system had just listened to the caseworker, none of this would have happened. A four-year-old child suffered his entire existence while he was supposed to be in the most happy, 
years of his life. There were so many times down the road where authorities could have stepped in. They could have taken away custody from Krista at the time of his birth. She was already proven to be an unfit mother. They received multiple reports of neglect and abuse. They didn't take it seriously. A child had to lose his life, but the system would still not wake up. CYFD did nothing. They told them that being homeless was not illegal. The family asserted that the neglect of medical care, clean clothes, and food was illegal. James spent his entire life in and out of care with his mother's family. He was raised by another sister as an infant and spent many years in his grandmother's home. Everyone in the family loved and cared for him. His grandmother adored him and he had his own room at his grandparents' home, complete with all of his toys. His mom was a serial dater and just an all-around selfish person. James was a child who adored everybody. He made friends and said hello to anyone who passed by. He loved animals and especially his dog. He was a kind, caring, and beautiful kid. He deserved better. If a teacher, neighbor, or healthcare professional notices signs of neglect or abuse, they will notify CYFD and in initiate an investigation. You would think that when CYFD professionals discover evidence validating these allegations of abuse or neglect, they would take immediate action to prevent the child involved. Sadly, state statistics on child abuse show that CYFD regularly fails to protect children in unsecure home environments. The professionals at CYFD owe it to the children who are at risk of being neglected or abused. They should investigate the family situation and act immediately to protect children who are in danger. Far too often, the investigations used in cases involving substantiated allegations of abuse or neglect are insufficient. The CYFD workers do not safeguard the children or encourage parents to improve their parenting skills, which means the child is still in danger. Based on a recent state report, more than 40% of children who sought healthcare services for serious injuries caused by neglect or abuse had contact with CYFD within the previous year. Put simply, nearly half the children who needed medical care for major injuries caused by abuse or neglect had previous involvement with CYFD and could have been guarded from and the latest serious injury they wouldn't have suffered it. In 2013, it was Omari Varilla. In 2016, it was Victoria Martins. I'll link that below. In 2018, it was Jeremiah Valencia. And in 2019, it was James Dunkley. These were all New Mexico kids who were killed after suffering brutal abuse by their caretakers. All could have been avoided. CYFD needs to do better. New Mexico in general needs to do better. If you guys are interested in me covering Amari or Jeremiah, just let me know. Very, very sad cases out of New Mexico as well. Let's leave a blue heart for James and his family. Okay, look. You want to see me? Okay. You want to see me? Okay. 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 Ok
In the caseworker Jessica, it saddens me that Jessica left because we need more caseworkers like her to fight for those children. It's just a sad loss all around. Well, if you guys have made it to the end, you guys are rock stars and I love you to death. There are more true crime videos in my Crimey Cases playlist for you to check out. Stay safe, my loves. And remember, if you see something, say something and I'll see you in my next one. Bye.